Welcome to Meet the Church. This is a podcast from Providence Church in Austin, Texas, featuring a new person each week from our congregation. We're excited to discuss the work, interests, and testimonies of our church members to better get to know each other and to talk about experiences with God. I'm Jamie Bennett, and this week I get to talk with Mary and Nelson Monteith about running a restaurant and balancing a family. So Nelson and Mary, you guys met through a mutual friend. Uh, was it at a bar or near a bar, or how did that work? We we like to say we met at a bar, and I'm going to give you part two. Our first kiss was at a bar. Uh, I usually don't give that one unless you're really worthy. Um, but yeah, which is just funny because I don't know if we've been to a bar since uh, since then. Um, yeah, we met through mutual friends. I was leading a GC at Providence. I guess this was seven years. This was in 2013. So seven years ago. And Mary was going to a missional community at Dawson stone. Um, and her leader was a Justin young. He used to go to Providence as an eternity now. And we just, it did a mixer of sorts, uh, at luster Pearl RIP, uh, on rainy street and sat next to each other. And as the story goes, I immediately was smitten and Mary, I don't think really remembered me that night. We talked for maybe, five minutes. <laughs> Mary, did you remember him or is he, is he trying to be humble? What is, what is that? No, I, I definitely remembered Nelson. Um, I could not tell you what we talked about for the entire context of our, or the entire context of our five minutes. Um, I know we talked about something related to field hockey um, because I had played field hockey in high school and I had played um, at the high school that Nelson went to and we had kind of made that connection, but I don't think it, it really went beyond that. I did think he was a great conversationalist and really kind, but um, yeah, we, we definitely, I don't think I wouldn't say I, yeah, really got excited right then and there. And Mary around this time, uh, what were you working on? Yeah. So I had gotten my undergrad degree in international relations. And I think at that point I had assumed that I would just move back overseas and do some type of NGO work. Um, But pretty quickly as I started kind of in my professional trajectory, I kind of realized that I had probably landed in the right zip code in terms of getting into a helping profession, but I hadn't necessarily arrived at the right house. And so I I knew that there was something different out there for me and something else that I wanted to do. Um, And then I kind of simultaneously at the same time was just having a lot of counseling type conversations with friends and family and community that I loved a lot. And um, I just kind of became fascinated by these ideas of, you know, how do we enact change when we've been stuck in patterns or narratives that we've had for 10 plus years or how do we deal with sin that's really hard to shake or 
deal with darkness that we feel like just won't lift even when we, you know, call out to God from the depths of our suffering and live an abundant life. And really just through those conversations was really inspired to, you know, I wanted to know more. I wanted to know more about how to do those things and how to be in those kinds of conversations professionally for a living. And so kind of made that jump into counseling because it just made sense at the time. And uh, Mary, you're a counselor currently at a Christian organization. Is that right? Yes, I am a biblical counselor. Um, And at a high level, I would tell you that I work with teenage to adult aged women um, who are dealing with a variety of issues, but predominantly um, anxiety and, you know, different patterns of perfectionism and the shame cycle that can sometimes come from that. Um, work with a lot of faith and doubt issues and some spiritual formation and then relational conflict as well. Um, So that's what I do at a high level, but um, deeper than that, and to kind of steal a little bit of Providence language here, I would say that my primary job is to just really help my clients um, apply the gospel to every area of their life. And you were, whenever you guys got married, I think you said it was 2014, uh, Mary, were you still in counseling program? Were you still in uh, the master's program for counseling? Yeah. So at that time, um, Nelson was actually going to grad school. So he had um, decided to go back and get his MBA and um, was going to a school called Acton here in Austin. And it became pretty clear that one of us needed uh, to get an awesome job so that we wouldn't live in a cardboard box while we while he was in grad school. Um, so I actually kind of took a pivot and a turn at that point, and I went and worked for, for an oil and gas company um, in their marketing department and did that while he was in grad school and then pretty quickly jumped back on the counseling track and did some higher um, ed admissions. I actually worked at Acton and then kind of then went back to grad school and and ventured into private practice. Wow. So that was the first year of y'all's marriage was, was Acton. And Acton started the Monday after our wedding. <laughs> uh, and we did take a honeymoon and I did the first two weeks before. So, so I, I wasn't that neglectful, but yeah, that's, that's how much it coincided with our first year. Yeah. Our first year was, was Nelson working about a hundred hour work weeks. So that really colored our experience of our first year of marriage. Wow. So that's really difficult. Um, yeah. Do you, I mean, can you talk about that a little bit more? Uh, what it, was it just hard to find time to, be together. Mary, were you tired of learning about EBITDA and those other words? And <laughs> <laughs> I, I still don't think I could tell you what EBITDA is, if I'm perfectly honest. I think it's funny. I actually think that because it was in our first year, that may have been a blessing. I never thought about it like this until now, but because we were so committed to our marriage and we were just, you know, we were essentially still in our honeymoon phase that whole first year. We were so committed to making it work. And um, but yeah, I mean, it was intense. Like, I, I mean, I wrote an email to all of my friends and family before I started and said, Hey, look, I'm not going to talk to you for five months because the only thing I was told from people who had gone through Acton was, you know, you do this program and you can do maybe one other thing. And and to me, that was, you know, marriage, like be married and like have a date night once a week. Um, so that, that was really it. And we, we found a way to like eat dinner together every night, even if it was just for 30 minutes and, uh, and we would, go to church. I probably went half the time and we would do a date night. It was quick. And that that was basically all she would see of me for, you Mm -hmm. know, for, it was just four and a half months. So like you can do anything for four and a half months. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think looking back on it, you know, I think that I, I too am really thankful that that was our first year of marriage and right or wrong. I think Nelson and I kind of left that experience thinking like, okay, we can do hard things. Like we can do this. And I, I think that that actually really prepared us well for starting a business together and, and taking that risk because we, we had kind of built our distress tolerance to it. And, and the stress that we felt during Acton, we knew that that would come in entrepreneurship and, and starting our own business. And so I'm, I'm also really thankful for that season of our life and God kind of authoring that into our story. And uh, you guys started a wonder, wonderful restaurant that now has expanded to its second location called Honest Mary's. Mary, you, you mentioned it just a minute ago, but tell, tell us about Honest Mary's and what's your model? What does the restaurant look like? How does it work? Yeah, so um, I guess I'll start from the beginning. It was I'd come out of Acton and I was sort of tinkering with different business ideas, trying to figure out what made sense for me to start. I was looking at... I. I I had been in ministry and um, oil and gas and software sales. None of those things can you actually touch the product that you're selling. And I knew that that was important to me, that I was going to start something where I could actually touch and feel and smell and taste and hand the product to a customer. Um, I, I'm, a, I'm a pretty... Uh, tactile. Yeah, tactile person. I'm not like not super creative, honestly. So, um, so I was like kind of messing around with like, roasting coffee in my garage. I was thinking about coffee and beer and maybe food. And then, um, it was December of 2015 and Mary and I were in Dallas for a wedding and we were just hanging out in the hotel room. Mary was actually taking a bath and like reading an article on her phone. And she called me in and was like, Hey, this is a really interesting article. Um, and it was, it was just a random business insider article about a healthy fast food restaurant in California called the organic coop like COOP. It's sort of like a, an organic Chick-fil-A. And the article wasn't like all that amazing. And the, the, the concept was not exactly what we were thinking, but like something about healthy fast food, like struck us in that moment. And we were, we thought, man, this feels like a genuine opportunity and like something that we personally would get excited about having. Like we are constantly on the go for a healthy, fast, fresh meal we can't find it anywhere in Austin. You know, it, it's not a salad. That was kind of like a baseline. We don't want to eat salads. And, uh, and so it just started get, getting our wheels turning. And that was like at 10 AM that morning on a Saturday morning, random. And, uh, by like the end of the wedding that night, we had like had these, we had like a name and a concept and it was going to be a walkthrough style line to build your own bowl. And like, honestly, like the concept was in our minds by the end of the day. And, um, and I was super excited and, you know, I was getting, trying to get over this idea that we were going to start a restaurant, which just sounded like a horrible idea. Um, and, and I've, I've, I was like hearing my fellow business school classmates laughing at me for <laughs> thinking I was going to start a restaurant. That's like not what you're supposed to do when you leave business school. Uh, but like, but I think, I guess part of that is, is that I felt like there was an opportunity in restaurants. So I spent about six months, Mary and I did just like asking tons of questions. I met with as many restaurateurs as I could find, um, tried to do as much research on just the whole segment. And I guess the more that I learned, the more I felt like a, it was an opportunity. Um, like this was actually a need for people, healthy, fast food. And then two, I, I felt this like 
this exciting sense of challenge um, as I heard about how hard it was to run restaurants. I felt like that was an opportunity to like do something great and do something better than other people do typically do it because it's hard. So I, I was really attracted to that, like to like my sense of excitement versus my desire to like run from that hard thing. And I really, that, I think that was the really key thing for me that I wasn't running from the hard thing. I actually wanted to be a part of the solution and creating something that was exciting. And still to this day, I would tell you like, I'm, I'm not, I don't really feel like a restaurant person. Um, you know, if, if, if honest marriage runs its course and I start something else someday, like I, I really don't think it's going to be a restaurant. Maybe that will change, but like, I, I just don't, that, that wasn't really the thing. It was more just the idea of building a business and this felt like a great opportunity. And, and as we dove into the opportunity, it, it really, really resonated with who we are, this idea of healthy fast food. I have a history of some bad health problems and food was a massive part of healing me. Um, and my sister started a company called Branch Basics, which is a healthy, cleaning solution. Like we kind of are a, a weird health minded family to begin with. So it really, it works. Uh, and, and it, and yeah, so I, I guess to kind of speed up the story a little bit, um, uh, a year after we had the original idea, um, I quit my job at Able Lending, which was where a bunch of people at, at, uh, Providence were working at the time. And, um, dove in and started looking for real estate and started raising money for this restaurant. And we started and opened it up in October of 2017. Yeah. He skipped the part where he left his job at Abel and he went and worked the line at Chipotle um, <laughs> to get operation experience. Um, we had a lot of friends who would come in and see Nelson on the line. He was the guy that I don't think you didn't get to fry the chips, right? You only no, I did. That was my only job. Oh, that was your I only, only job? fried the chips. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't they didn't let me do anything else but fry chips and serve rice and beans. Yeah. So we all got a big kick out of that. But that's where that's where he first started after he left Abel. And before we really kicked off opening on Us Mary's was we had a, a stopover at Chipotle, which we love. We love Chipotle. Oh yeah. Still go there twice a week. So Mary, how did you feel kind of coming up with the um, origin of this idea? I, we, I mean, we laugh about it still. It's kind of funny because I, I definitely, I mean, I immediately felt this wave of excitement because I, I was reading it and I was just thinking, man, like Nelson said, this is a need that we have in our own life. Like we keep going to the same three places when we have $20 and 20 minutes and we need like amazing food um, because we had some higher health standards because of his health. And so um, I, I immediately was excited because I was thinking this is pairing his talents and his giftings and his interests. Um, so that was really exciting. I had this immediate wave of excitement, but then funny enough, even though I kind of pitched the idea, um, you know, I immediately, as Nelson gets more excited, I kind of start to balk at <laughs> how excited he's getting. And I'm like, wait, are you, are you joking? Like, we like we're the dream right now, like double income, no kids, mm -hmm. like you want to quit your job and like, we're going to push all of our chips in the middle and open a restaurant, which neither of us have any experience with. Um, so it's kind of funny that I pitched the idea because then probably for the next year, next six months to a year, it was Nelson really kind of talking me back into it. Yeah. I'll never forget. Um, I don't know, four or five months after we had the original idea, I was, I had a big whiteboard in our second bedroom, which had turned into this office. And I was trying to 
to figure out how I could convince Mary to let me quit my job and actually start this thing. And I knew there was some resistance. And so I just like, I brought her into the, to the second bedroom and I was like, all right, we are going to whiteboard every single thing that you think is a reason why we shouldn't, I shouldn't quit my job. And I, I don't know. I think we wrote down 15 things on that board. Mary just was rattling stuff off that like, here's why you shouldn't do it. Or here's what needs to happen or blah, 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 blah. And, and that became like my checklist for, for starting the thing. So I, I feel like in both of your roles um, as an entrepreneur, Nelson and Mary too, you, you are, um, you are as well, but also as a, as a counselor that you guys are, specifically trying to give life and, and, and keep people healthy in very different ways, really. Could you guys talk about um, how you see uh, health and life in your work? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think with, with my job, um, specifically with counseling, um, yeah, I, I think that I'm constantly with my clients um, trying to help them understand, you know, that God created us um, in a multi-dimensional way that we're holistic beings and that we're we're first we're physically embodied. We have to take care of our physical bodies. Um, and that includes the way we eat and the way we sleep and um, the th- the way that we kind of treat um, our body or or our temple, so to speak. Um, and then kind of beyond that, like we're socially embedded and, and how we're doing mentally and emotionally. And then, and then kind of the third and final layer. And most importantly is, you know, the way that we're spiritually, spiritually embattled. And so, um, you know, a lot of what I do is, is trying to help clients understand how all of those layers affect them on a heart level. Um, you know, all three of those things kind of adding up to really their overall wellness. And so that's kind of how I think about health. I think about it more holistically. I mean, obviously Nelson and I own and uh, operate a, you know, healthy fast food restaurant um, or fast casual restaurant. But to me, it, it doesn't just, true health doesn't just end there. I mean, it, it also kind of spins out into our social and spiritual well-being as well. Yeah, for Honest Mary's, um, kind of a tagline we've always had is, that we want to provide life life giving experiences to everyone involved in Honest Mary's, whether you're an employee or a guest or a vendor or whatever. Um, and I I think that part of what got me excited about the restaurant industry from the, the get go was that it's it's a it's an industry that is traditionally um, filled with a lot of low income workers, and there there's quite a bit of just not treating people super great and bad work environments, bad bosses, bad coworkers, like bad, just like traditionally not great environments to thrive uh, for guest and employee. And so the idea of getting to create an environment in a restaurant in a traditionally poor environment that we could shape to be life-giving was really exciting. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's fun to, get to see the lives that have been changed and um, and to get to continue to work towards like developing folks who didn't really believe in themselves, a lot of them, and provide good jobs that paid pay decently well to people who um, that, you know, didn't think they would get paid this much or did, just never saw themselves having the opportunities that they have now. So yeah, a, a life-giving, I would say, is definitely a theme. Uh, could you talk to us about the challenges and the victories of running a business as a husband-wife team? 
<laughs> oh man. Yeah. How much time do you have? Yeah. Working. Man, I think I, there's so many victories and like so many fun things about what we've both done together. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I just think it's so amazing that we've been married for like six something years going on seven and we've been able to, you know, do so much in that time, I think is so fun. Um, I mean, the obvious challenges, I think anybody who is in a committed relationship or married could understand that there's just some really blurry lines for us with boundaries. Um, our, our, public and professional life often bleeds into our private life. And it's really hard for us to not, you know, have that conversation at the dinner table about that one thing at Honest Mary's or um, to, you know, like kind of disagree about something about Honest Mary's when like, we really should just be hearing about each other's day as, as husband and wife and, and cheerleading one another on in that. Um, So I think for me, I would say the the challenges have been have been the boundaries. Um, but I, I think we've we've really done as good of a job as we as we can in yep. that. Yeah, I, and I think it's I think some of the intricacies of answering that question are sort of multiplied by the fact that we both started the company together. Um, I mean, without like I, I definitely was the the one that like pushed the ball forward the whole time and was leading the company. But I mean, without Mary, none of it ever exists. And that's like the understatement of the year. Like she created our menu. The whole aesthetic is kind of built around what her mind had. Like she had the original idea. Like if I don't come home and like have some sense of like a sober conversation about the business that I'm running with Mary, like none of it happens. It's, it's, it, we were so in it together. And I think one of the hard parts is like, as I've been the one primarily building the company since the start and Mary has gone off and done her own thing with counseling and like been raising our son. And, um, you know, she's not in the day to day, but yet there's this feeling that like, well, we still started it together. And so I think that we've had to work through like moments of like, okay, how involved is Mary? And, um, and and like how much does she want to be involved and like what kind of decisions are we processing together with the business the funny thing is now I'm like begging her to work more um, and, and mm-hmm. I'm like paying her uh, honest marriage is like paying her to, to like do great work. Cause we're like just realizing how much we need to be anchored back to the original brand and the things that she helped create. So yeah, I, I think there's all sorts of nuances to that um, and it can be challenging at times, but the bottom line is that we started it together and, uh, and it's, it's a joy to get to like see something build in front of us and, and to build it together. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's something that we really, um, just quickly that I would say, it is rare that you get the opportunity to see how good your spouse is at what they do. Um, so many of us don't work with our spouses and and that's, that's more of the norm. Um, but getting to like truly see Nelson completely in his element, accessing all of his gifts and, and living out of what I think God has truly called him to do in this um, is super fun and um, is something that I'm just so thankful for. I I listened to a podcast, Nelson, that you were on and someone asked you, what are you into right now? And you got, and you said simplifying your life or simplifying our lives. So could you talk through uh, what does that look like to simplify your life and what's the gospel center there? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, 
historically, I think I've been really bad at saying no to things. I like to, I like to please people. I like to do a lot of things and try to just accomplish a whole lot of stuff and feel good about myself. And I think something that, um, by the way, Mary does not struggle with that. She is <laughs> great with doing less. Uh, and that's a good thing. We need that balance. Yeah. We just kind of looked at our life and was like, man, we do we want to live the kind of life where we are running around constantly with our hair on fire, trying to figure out how to do all these things? Or do we want to is it possible to create a world where there's a little more margin, there's a little more room for people? Maybe maybe our budget's a little bit tighter because we don't have two jobs, and maybe Mary sacrifices um, by not having and not being the working mom that she thought she would be. And it's like it, there were sacrifices in it, but as we kind of assessed, like what does life look like with margin and at a little bit of a slower pace, it just kind of became a no-brainer. And I think that's part of the simplifying is like, what can we, what can we get rid of that just doesn't need to be there? And how can we kind of dumb things down to like the essentials of, of our community of loving people around us, of creating um, room to be around non-believers and work? How how do we shape culture um, in a way that's Christianly and that ushers in God's kingdom into, into the Austin kingdom? Um, How do we, yeah. How do we love our family well and rest well? And which is something I'm historically not very good at, but um, yeah, the, the, I, I think the idea of simplifying, slowing and sort of dumbing down life has been not something we were perfect at, but we were trying to get better at it. And I think we've already seen some fruit uh, in our life from those attempts. Mm-hmm. For sure. I think that we're, we're now doing the things that we really want to be doing. Um, and and I think we're doing them in a better way than we had been before. Yeah, it feels more if you can narrow that list of things you're focused on, you can do those things much better. Well, you guys are restaurant owners. Do you have a favorite restaurant in Austin? And know that millions of people will hear this and take your recommendation. So be careful <laughs> what you say. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to tell you mine um, because I think it's a little bit unexpected. My favorite restaurant in Austin is actually Food Heads on 34th Street to the point that I ask Nelson often if we can purchase it. (laughs) Not that it's for sale, um, but I love it so much and I love everything about it. I think it reminds me of an episode of Gilmore Girls. Um, I just, there's so much nostalgia there and I've had so many good conversations in that little bungalow. And so I just, I love Food Heads. It's one of my faves. You probably have a more sophisticated. Well, answer. I feel like there's a couple different ways to, there's a couple different routes to this question, but <laughs> I'll take the route of if you handed Mary and I a credit card and said, go somewhere, where would we go? And it's going to be Uchiko every time. That's true. Um, Uchiko is to us just like the place where we will go if we are celebrating something really big in our lives and the service and the food and the whole thing uh, is just beyond anything else in our minds. Um, I think cherry on top there, I will brag a little bit on Honest Mary's here because uh, this is one of my pre- most proud moments <laughs> um, is I, a, a friend of mine uh, reached out to me a couple of years ago and said uh, that she's friends with Tyson Cole, the founder and 
top chef of Uchiko. And, uh, and apparently honest Mary's at the time was on his top three personal uh, restaurant list. And, uh, and so we got connected and we've become friends and Tyson's a great guy. And so I think that kind of adds to the allure of Uchiko for me. Um, that I just like him as a person, but that's, that's a, that's definitely our, our top restaurant when we're looking for a place to celebrate. Yeah. Uh, please talk to us a little bit more. Nelson, you were a founding member of Providence. Mary, you joined uh, pretty early. Uh, talk to us more about the growth of Providence and how you've seen God move in our community. Yeah. Like I mentioned, I, I was, got to be a part of it from the beginning, which was such a blessing and honestly kind of random. Um, but I, I think the biggest thing for me about Providence is honestly like not the specific moments or even the stuff that's visible. It's more how Providence has shaped me and how I've seen it shape other people over time. The, the liturgies and the community and the gospel focus and the consistency of the pastors and like all those things put together um, makes for a really, really powerful place to transform people's lives in, in the gospel. Um, and I, I think I am a testament to that. I'm a, I'm such a different person than I was 10 years ago and living in Austin. I think that statement is probably always true, but it doesn't always mean you're more gospel centered and godly. Um, but I can say because of Providence, I have changed a lot over the last 10 years and it's, um, it's towards godliness and holiness and, um, and towards the Lord. And that's because of Providence. There's just no other way. Uh, it's God's grace through the church. So man, lo- lots of specific things, but really just the consistency over time of, of being a part of a church body that's committed to Jesus is really powerful. Do you add anything to that? I mean, I, I think Nelson hit the nail on the head with, I think Providence has made us both better and in that made us both more Christ-like. And I think there's really nothing more that you can ask from your church body um, Mm -hmm. and your church than that. I mean, uh, it makes us so excited to think about raising our family in this community and and hoping that, that they kind of are attracted to the same things that we are and, and the way, see the ways that we've changed and that, that, you know, hopefully changes them too. Um, but yeah, I mean, Providence, I, I kind of chuckle to myself sometimes it's, it's totally made me a better counselor. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I, I steal the liturgy and I, I, I go into a session with a client and I like read through the confession with them and I like speak over them like part of the liturgy and something that like grabbed me that week. Um, so practically speaking, it, it has it formed me in, in so many ways, not just personally, um, but getting to use the words um, and the things that I know are so thoughtfully curated every single week for each of our goods, um, getting to share that with my clients who may or not may or may not be connected to Providence in any way is, is really special. Uh, well, thank you, Nelson and Mary, for, for joining tonight. I really do appreciate it. Thank yeah, you, Jamie. Thank appreciate you your so questions. Much. Thanks for doing this. Next week, we'll hear from Tom Gibson and Luke Monzingo. Thank you for listening.